Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. Welcome to Wesson Walker on a Friday. That means it's going to be a good day here in the middays, 12 to 3 p.m. We appreciate you hopping with uh, on with us as always. Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. We want to hear your thoughts and your comments on the Carolina Men's Clinic text line, 704-570-9610, 704-570-9610. It feels like Wes is getting ready to hop into the rink because you're just walking back and forth like you're ready to fight someone in your sweatsuit right now. <laughs> it's a very, I'm ready the to go today. Backstage before the fight, it feels the like, music playing. It feels like you stand on business today, and so I know it's going to be a good show, at least from the first half of Wes and No Walker. doubt, man. I appreciate that. I'm going to try my best, you know. Stand on I'm business. excited, Niners, Eagles this weekend. Well, both of you, you know? both of you look like you're about to play your own version of the NFC championship game as you are decked out in an entire San Francisco sweatsuit. You've been on the sweatsuits this week. Well, yeah, a couple of days, man. Today was one of those days, you know, nothing. I wasn't, I didn't feel like wearing denim today. And <laughs> so we're going to do sweatsuit. Got up seven o'clock, made a hype video for the ACC championship game that you can say, see on the ACC digital network and my X page, and then, you know, I had to take the baby to the doctor. It mm. wasn't going to be no dressy dressy today. Did you get a sucker afterwards? I did not. Nah. But they did have a little bit of candy sitting at the Good. desk. The minis, I got a Snickers mini and a Milky Way mini. So same thing then. That you, was a nice you got something treat, to be honest with you. Small, small pleasure. Oh, when I was a kid, loved going to the bank, <laughs> getting that lollipop oh, yeah, in the return yeah, yeah. thing. I used to like that too. Not only did you get a lollipop when you were a kid at the bank, but you also got it in this futuristic endeavor that it would come through the tablet. And, yeah, this was... See, we're not that far apart age-wise because I well, definitely still do it, remember right? that. I don't know if they still do it. I haven't done it. And, you know, I used to be so fascinated by when whoever I was with going to the bank, when they would shoot it up the little oh, plastic. Yeah. I thought that was just oh, amazing. Yeah. Well, and what was always frustrating was if they didn't see you and they didn't ask if you had a child oh, in the car, oh, yeah. and then you drove off without a sucker in your hand. <laughs> oh, I was mad. I was mad at the bank that day. But the, the best part was when they didn't ask, most of the time they would ask, oh, do you have a kid in the car? Okay, that's cool. And then there'd be like, oh, I know what time it was at that yeah, point. Dang, but when they, when they wouldn't ask, and then they'd still send one because they saw, that's when, hey, I got you, fam. And I appreciate that. You just made my day going all the way over here at the bank, because you know I don't want to make this trip with my mom. I hadn't thought about that in years. I forgot all about the old deposit system when you used to shoot it up the plastic thing. Man. It's great, right? Yes. I mean, I haven't been through a bank drive through in... No, I, mean, I, I, I even... just go through a stop at the ATM. Yeah. I yeah. rarely, if ever, go inside the bank. Does anybody do... 704 There's always plenty of cars parked outside. Well, I go inside the bank every once in a while, but just the drive through like, I, I just never do that anymore. Yeah. I... I can't even tell you how many times I did it when I don't even know. I was thinking I was in college last time I did it. I don't even know. Well, one day when, when my we, mom did you know, it. when we hit that Pat McAfee status, when we're simulcast everywhere doing millions, we'll have to go in the bank to get, you know, when we need a duffel bag of cash or something like that. AJ wrote in on the text line, LMAO, y'all are spot on, <laughs> reminiscent on the bank trips as a kid. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely That's right. That's great. I love it because I forgot all about it. Did you share any of those memories with us, Fiddy? Um, oh yeah, because my dad would go every Friday 
Yeah, I was you, about to say, your dad definitely looked like a go to the bank, make that deposit type of guy. Well, you know, when you got a gold chain, you know, you got to go inside and make, make make sure you're being seen. So, yeah, every Friday we would <laughs> we would go to the bank and he'd cash his check and I'd get a sucker or maybe three. Yeah, exactly. when you got <laughs> multiple. Yeah, huh? yeah, when you got multiple. By the way, I, I mentioned this and didn't put any context to it. Yeah, both of you guys look like you're about to play your own version of the NFC Championship game. Well, you know, they gave up you, a bunch of points to the Seahawks last night. We only gave up 13, you know. Well, and the reason I meant that is because you have an all-red, all-very-San Francisco-in-your-face sweatsuit on, and Fiddy has, as he usually is one to do, every single article, article of clothing he wears is about one team. So his hat, Dallas Cowboys, his hoodie, Dallas Cowboys. I'm sure he's got a t-shirt on under there yeah. that is Dallas Cowboys. And so it looks no like y'all... No t-shirt, just sweatshirt today because it's like 48 is the high. Okay. So you wear... Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's go back. You wear, t- you wear sweatshirts with no undershirt? When it's... When Outside? It's, like when it's cold? Yeah. Like like like, like it were like the, earlier when I wore my Mets sweatshirt earlier in the week. Oh yeah, I'm not wearing a shirt under it because I'll sweat through it. If I go outside, I'm putting on a t-shirt under the sweatshirt. That's what am I going outside for? No, I'm just saying if I'm in the house, <laughs> I put on a hoodie with no undershirt. Yeah. But if I'm going outside, then I put an undershirt on. Yeah, the extent of my outside time was walking to my truck, walking into work, and vice versa. Walking out to my truck and walking in. I'm not going outside today. Yeah, that'd be wild to me to go walk out of the house with no undershirt on in the winter. It depends on what it is, but I'm usually, I mean, 95% of the time, team t-shirt. Yeah, I'm always layered, at least layered. Mm-hmm. Like, if you have on a long sleeve t-shirt, I'm going to have the coat on or something like that, but a hoodie, got to have an undershirt on. Myron Goodman wrote in, I have not been in a bank since 2008. Bank of America Stadium, not included. 704 says, I work at a bank. There are tons of people that still hit the drive through We have one bank that's all drive through for the most part. 5 for 12 said, broke folks still making deposits. My kids want to go like that sucker is $100. <laughs> yeah, they want to go because it's so valuable. 704, they said that they'll be going to the bank when they sell their PSL for cash. So, you know, the PSL, Carolina Panthers, not in a great spot. And then Rather Be Golfing said, online baking only now. Miss them lollipops, though. It's a great time. I do love how you can. Do you have a cash uh, uh, check on the apps now? Have you ever done that? Yeah. Yeah, I futuristic. do. Futuristic. I'm, I'm futuristic when it comes to my banking. Yeah, I do that, too. I, I'll, I'll, I will do that. If it's nighttime. Now, if it's still daytime and I can go by there and I'm out and about, I'll deposit it that way. But uh, if I'm home in the evenings, I'll do it by the app. You know who else is cash? Speaking of cash. Uh-oh, it comes a great segue. The Charlotte Hornets were cash last night. <laughs> Despite playing pretty bad defense, especially leading up to the fourth quarter, they still find a way to win without LaMelo Ball, without Brandon Miller, unexpectedly without Brandon Miller. They still beat the Brooklyn Nets on the road, 129 to 128. And that's after the Nets not only got Cam Thomas back, who has been cash every single game he's played this season, but he was missing quite a bit of time, comes back last night for the first time in a while. And the Nets had won three straight games. Yet the Hornets, they find a way to come out victorious, 129-128. Let's pull up to the scene. Open up the doors, Mr. Bus Driver. Let's get off the bus. We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. Mr. 925 texting in one point win is not cash. Oh, yeah, that's cash. No, it was. It was, as Terrence Oglesby said right there, like Bombali Osby. If you know, you know. Per stat head, the Hornets became the first team in NBA history to shoot 50% from the field, 50% from three point range, 
and 100% from the free throw line with a minimum of 20 made threes and 15 made free throws. That's cash. I don't care how many points you win by. Their defense wasn't good. The fourth quarter, it cleaned up better, but they were fuego last night. Yeah, they shot 58% in the second half. In a way that we haven't seen the Hornets this season and in a way that we haven't seen in NBA history with some of those stats that I just read off. Yeah, it took all of that and then some to get the one-point victory, but they found a way here, Wes. I think big all shout goes to Terry Rozier for just being a huge shot maker, especially at the end of this game, scoring 37 points, dishing out a career-high 13 assists. Bryce McGowan's Nick Smith Jr. getting some run on Locked On Hornets. We call them the Baby Bees. The youngins getting out there. The Baby Bees. And they're playing well. The Baby Bugs. Big ol' win for Charlotte to at least get them back in the good graces. And actually, if you just want to go with the five-game sample size, they're three and five. Or they're three and two in their last five. Winning basketball, Wes Bryant. That's what the Hornets are playing. I mean, you know, got to be excited about it. There's a little bit of damper on it because you know what? LaMelo is still going to be an uphill climb. But you have to take the wins and stay positive as you can. So they came out and got a victory last night on the road. So kudos to them. I think with LaMelo being out, you can only take so much, you know, like you can take a lot of satisfaction in this win, but I don't know if you're going to be able to expect it going forward. Hopefully they, they still combat some of these absences that they have, but it is nice to see a Nick Smith Jr. come out and hit three of three from three-point range. Bryce McGowan's thrust into the starting lineup, goes four of five from three-point range. There are a couple of things that are a little disappointing. P.J. Washington, his bad shooting performances are showing up, and so that's no good. Mark Williams, Wes, I know you had this in the rundown. We haven't gotten to it yet, but as much as I like Mark Williams, too, he's definitely been inconsistent, and I, this is still the guy that is growing. This might be his pseudo-rookie season because of how little he played last year up until Christmas and then he was a part of the rotation, still got injured. But he's just giving up positioning. There are some times where he's not as physical defensively, but he still gets you three blocks. He's been blocking a lot more shots the last five games as well. That's I don't not, think he's mean enough. That's nice to see. Yeah, and, and I think I don't think he's soft. It doesn't feel like he's soft yeah, out I, there. I, uh, no, I, no, I hear you. I just I don't think he's soft. It just you're right. I I think it's hard for him to get leverage on people. Yeah. And I think because he's so tall and lanky, dudes just get below his hips and they can drive him out of the I paint. I can see that as well. I just want him to get a little angry sometimes. Yeah. You know, maybe if you catch somebody with a bow while you're trying to keep him out of there, so be it. You know, just be an angry cuss down there. What I do like is that his offensive rebounding is among the best in the league right now. Mm. Defensive rebounding, you would love to see that go up for him. And he grabbed 12 last night. But he's actually the third best offensive rebounder on a per-game basis. Contested offensive rebounds, he's the third best in the NBA, which shows he's rebounding in traffic. It's not that the ball is just going to him and he gets the easy ones. He's actually going after them. And that means he's doing it also on less offensive rebound chances compared to Clint Capella and Mitchell Robinson, who are both above him. So there are some good things to like about his game. But I think this is one of those contests that you see him go, what was it, 5 of 14, 
gone are the days at the beginning of the season when he was putting up Wilt Chamberlain-esque efficiency rate on that kind of volume. Remember, he was shooting like 85%. It was something absolutely bananas. Not so much anymore. And so this is the second-year player that also, I think, Wes, is as hurt as anybody on this team without LaMelo Ball on the court. Yeah, the big man's always going to need his guard, so that's certainly not going to help him. So you know how he has to get it. And thankfully, he is really adept at getting those offensive rebounds because that helps him to be uh, the scorer, like as far as getting his points. That's how he's going to have to do it. A garbage man is what they call it. So uh, I'm sure he misses LaMelo a ton. And, you know, in the pecking order, you would think at this point, you know, you got Terry and Gordon and Miles. So, you know, he's not near the top of that. So it's not like they're going to be running plays for him on a consistent basis. So, you know, he has to scrape and scrap and find his bucket. Steve Clifford shared why he thought they beat the Nets last night in a 129-128 victory. Well, I mean, shot making, obviously. We made a bunch of shots, and then I do think our, our fourth quarter defense was much better. Terry was, you know, incredible in the fourth quarter, and Gordon made a big play. And we got good contributions from younger guys, Bryce, Nick. Uh... But again, we played better in the fourth quarter. Gordon Hayward had an awful stretch coming into this game. And so it was nice to see him show up last night. 8 of 14 from the field. He mentioned Terry Rozier, the best player in this game. The shot making, absolutely incredible. But, I mean, if you just go to the starters, here is what each starter shot from the field. Mark Williams by far being the worst when it comes to an efficiency standpoint. McGowan's 5 of 7, 4 of 5 from distance. Rozier, 13 of 25, 7 of 9 from distance. Miles Bridges, 9 of 15, 3 of 4 from distance. Gordon Hayward, 8 of 14, 2 of 4 from three-point range. That means everybody in the starting lineup that shot from three land, Gordon Hayward had the worst percentage, and he shot 50%. Mm. And we're talking about decent volume. They made 21 of their 36 three-pointers. They had been a bad shooting team going into this game. Law of averages was always going to help them, but it all came back in this game. And again, they needed every single bit of those points, and I thought Cam Johnson's shot at the end was going to be good, too. I don't know if you guys saw that, but Cam Johnson, clean look. Great three-point shooter. It was like, great, we're going to lose the painful way. <laughs> but it goes begging. It was I, written to be missed. And Walker. as Eric Collins said, never a doubt. And to we got to get to at some point one topic I certainly want to tap into with the Hornets is are you quite ready to admit that, you know, you're trying to think how to word it. Uh, good with, with Brandon Miller over Scoot? Or is it still, you know, just a little part of you that's still with Scoot? Or... You know, how we feeling. We don't have to do it today, but just something for you to ponder on. Okay, yeah, we won't do it today then. You'll just bring it up and then we'll move on. Is that what you wanted to do? Let's go, Dan. What you got? What you got? Well, no. Brandon Miller's been far better. Scoot had an awful shooting performance again last night. He's been really bad. Like, if you're asking me to say definitively the rest of their careers, we already know what's going to happen. I would say that's what got people in trouble when they gave out. Mark Carter, Michael Carter Williams, a Rookie of the Year award. It is. And Tyreek But this Evans. guy can shoot, though. And Michael Carter could only lay up and dunk. What about Tyreek Evans when he got Rookie of the Year? Really kind of the same, but we know he why. He, but we know why Tyreek got derailed. He has some stuff going on. Well, oh, hey, but we're talking about guy. Like, I'm just saying, yeah, it's, you know. But Brandon Miller looks for real. He looks, he looks just like real. his boy Paul George. It, yeah, well, Paul George more. Yeah, Paul, Brandon Miller's been great. Yeah. He's been very good. And so that's why it hurts when Brandon Miller isn't out there on the floor, but thank God they're able to score 129 points without Brandon Miller or LaMelo Ball. Their best shooting performance comes without their best shooters. It's weird. 
NBA is weird sometimes. Let's move on. Game day dubs coming up next. Wesson Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. to have you on this Friday. Weston Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Going to the Carolina Men's Clinic text line 704-570-9610. Bradley shooting blanks. He's keeping me in check. You laugh every time, Vinny. Every single time I read his text on the air, you because laugh. Because it's the best text name. There, wow. are, there are a lot of really good ones. There are a lot of really good ones. Uh, Bradley shooting blanks. Go ahead and laugh, Vinny. He asked me, oh, we're not going to talk about the normal PJ inconsistent Washington. Hey, look, man, I'll admit it. The shooting is starting to go quite a bit here from distance. I told I told Bradley, I said, yeah, shooting woes are bad right now. I'm always going to like his floor game. That's just how I like once I already know who you are as a player. Watch last night, five stocks with the blocks and the steals, five assists. I think he's putting it on the deck a little bit more and being better about that, but the shooting, it, it can't be, you know, two of 11. You can't. Like, I'm even me, PJ fan, I recognize that. And then we have Brian writing in, I owe Miller a huge apology. I was on the scoot train so much that I turned off the draft in disgust after the Hornets picked Miller. As of right now, Miller is far and away the best choice. No, Miller is far and away outperforming what Scoot Henderson is doing right now. No doubt about it. It's not even close. Scoot got injured, and then he brought the goggles I do love a player with goggles. <laughs> I and and the thing with it too is that you know with Brandon, you try not to get into trying to forecast a future for him, but his game just translates so well to the NBA, and I just see him really being a really good player. And if he he seems to be you know a guy that has that type of maturity where you can see him just further and further down the line becoming more and more of a professional, I think that by the time he gets to year four. Oh, well, the thing about Brandon was always he there's just no way he could fail. And we talked about that. Like Brandon never, ever thought he was going to fail because his floor was too high going into the NBA. The shooting was always going to be there. A legitimate sniper in college. And that was real. The only thing I worried about was the low release, but he's getting a and shot. You talked off. about his dribble, too. I do. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, I mean, I think I don't. He's he's got drives that are stalling out in the mid range quite a bit, but it doesn't mean that that's always going to happen yeah. because we're not even twenty games in. Yeah. So that, but right now, what I think he's doing a good job of is if he gets run off the three point line, having a defender chase him off of screens. What he'll do is he'll dribble inside, live in the mid range, and put something up. And the mid range has been working out quite a bit, shooting at the rim. Outside of transition, he's been great in transition, but we knew that coming out of college too. But in the half court, are you beating guys off the dribble all the way to the bucket and then finishing? He's hit some tough finishes, but even still, you got a lot of drives that are hanging out in the mid-range. But that's good. That allows him to survive. So when you go out there, you don't take him off the floor because he's playing 30 minutes and he deserves every single one of those minutes. And so even if that's not his strong point right now, you get by by just hanging out at the free throw line and knocking it down, and that's what he's been able to do. Yeah. And plus he's making the right play, which we all we, we saw that in Summer League. Even when the shooting was real bad in Summer League, he had, they ended on his 20-point performance. They said, no more. We're going to end on a positive note. He was always dribble, kick out, 
I'm not about to turn this thing over. No reason to force this in the paint. Kick out, open three-point shooter. And that has translated from college to summer league to what he's doing yeah, in the NBA it, now. it tracks what his teammate said about him as far as playing at his pace and just having a game that's ready for the NBA. All that's tracking for him right now. Let's transition to the Carolina Panthers conversation. The Panthers. Game day dubs, the who, the what, the where, the when, the why. W, it's a part of this station, it's a part of this show. So we decided to continue to go with the game day dubs. Let's start with the who here, Wes. Who benefits the most from Frank Reich's absence? I'm going to go with the not-so-obvious answer because Bryce Young would be the guy I think most people point to. And thank God Frank Reich's gone. Luckily, I didn't say that. You did not. Well, are you going to go with Bryce Young? <laughs> no, but luckily, I didn't say it. Well, it's the obvious one. I'm are just trying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> I think it's the offensive line. I think the offensive line is the thing that's going to benefit the most without Frank Reich. And it doesn't mean that they're going to perform all that well because Tampa Bay, Vita Vea, monster. They got some good defensive linemen. What what I think is going to happen is that they're going to try to put them in the situations where they're best. And that means run blocking. Mm. It doesn't mean that they're going to perform crazy well, but they're going to give them a fighting shot. Wes, I, and just for those that people that can't see, right? Wes has given me all sorts <laughs> Yo, of ugly looks. Always, I did not. I just, my eyes Wes, just got a little big. My real. eyes got a little big. I just said, Whoa. Wes, are you going to lie to the people? Because what you're doing I, my is. My eyes got big. Your eyes got big, and then you went, mm, and then you blinked. And so, but what I mean by that is if they are bad at pass protecting, mm-hmm. And they're not doing any play action. They're not putting guys in motion to at least free the freeze the defense every half second or so. And there pretty clearly is a better run blocking grade for most of the offensive linemen outside of Taylor Moten. It doesn't mean that Bryce Young is going to have two and a half seconds every single drop back or every single time he throws the football. But if you look at pro football focus, mm-hmm. if you just watch the tape, it's visible as hell to see that they're a better run blocking unit than they are pass blocking unit. Mm-hmm. That's just easy football 101. What can you see? Mm-hmm. So if they're going to run the football more, even against Tampa, who they got ran on this last game against the Colts, Colts have a much better offensive line. Tampa been a pretty stout run defense. This isn't even just strictly for this game. If we go with the sample size where you can maybe get some momentum going in, I think the unit that benefits the most from Frank Reich's absence is the offensive line that has a few games to put under their belt, try to gain some momentum momentum towards the offseason, and do something that they're better at than continuing to get in the pass block set and allow Bryce Young to be on his back in a half a second or so. You're good. You're good. I got to give you that, man. You're a very positive guy. I love everything you bring into the table. They should probably bring you in a meeting room to uh, get these guys going, you know. But Thank you. I still look if, and I If see- it's a positive message to say they're bad all the way around, uh-huh. but you're better than pass blocking, yeah. then I have to be the worst motivational speaker of all time. <laughs> No, nah, I mean, because when I look, I still see that 92.6 rush yards per game putting you 28th in the NFL. And when I watch the game, well, because I see they're you, down all the time, they got to throw. Right. But I see you man for man getting manhandled uh, pretty much around the board on run p- plays, pass plays. Uh, you know, Jeffrey Simmons, of course, he's one of the best guys in the league when you talk about interior defensive linemen. But I just see guys just getting just losing their assignments, losing their matchups play in, play out. So, yeah, they have their times where they, you know, they get a decent run here and there. And I get your theory of, yeah, this is what seems to be the better if you're choosing between the lesser two evils. Because that's basically what you did. Chose between the lesser two evils. Yeah, like my point is, Bradley Bozeman goes up 20 points 
from pass blocking to run blocking to a point where he's actually average starter level in run blocking. Yeah. Ike Kwanu goes from 56.5 pass blocking to 76 and a half, which is just an outright like good run blocking grade, according to pro football focus. Taylor Moten, who is not as good a run blocker as he's a pass blocker, has a 64 grade, which is average in the NFL. And so if 60% performs better run blocking or at least gives you an average level, then that's why I'm thinking maybe they put them in more of those situations and hopefully you can see better offense there. But see, the problem with that is the other team's uh, defensive coordinator, he knows that. And so he says, hey, I'm not going to respect anything about your passing game, and I'm going to keep you behind the chains. You can try to run it on me. You might get you a little 5, a little 10 here and there. But at the end of the day, I'm going to shut that down, and I'm going to make you have to throw the football, which is your weakness. That's what the NFL is all about, finding those weaknesses. I mean, the Panthers are 26 and rushing first downs per game. And so that's what defensive coordinators are going to say, just like what you said. They said, well, these guys are better at run blocking than pass blocking. We want to keep them in pass blocking situations. So we're going to stack that box and make it second and long, third and long. So, you know, there's your issue there. If I was to pick a player that could benefit from it, I think it's going to be interesting to see what Thomas Brown does with Mingo on a regular basis. Because when you look at him coming out of Ole Miss, he was really – uh, dominant in the slot, and that was his primary space of being dominant. And so, you know, trying to turn him into a guy on the outside, he's played a little bit in the slot, but I wonder if Thomas Brown's going to take him and really go back and say, hey, this is where he's most dominant, even though Adam Thielen is occupying that space as well. So it'll be interesting to see the ways that he will try to get Mingo the ball because I do think he's going to try to, in building for the future of the Carolina Panthers, uh, start to try to find ways to get Jonathan Mingo the football to get him that confidence to eventually turn into uh, perhaps at worst a starter level uh, outside receiver in the NFL. Let's go to the what. What can the Panthers realistically achieve to earn your confidence the rest of the way? Oh, man. Um, just to compete, to be frank, to, to, to be in games and – and feel like you have a chance in the fourth quarter. I guess that's the only thing that you could do. Do you have a chance? Because we know this is a one-score league. We look at the Minnesota Vikings and how many games they won last year on one score and then how many games they've lost. I think the majority of their losses have been from one score. We know with a lot of playoff teams from one year to the next, it's all about those one-score football games. And so for the Panthers, that's what I want to see. Just can you compete? Are you in games at the end of the game, or are you just sitting there saying no matter what happens, no matter what they do, this game is done by the time you get to the fourth quarter? Yeah, I'd be competing you would love to see from the Carolina I Panthers. Mean, it was basic, but, Lord, that's all you can ask for from this group. Well, And here's the problem, though. Like, we actually have seen them compete despite not putting up points before. Like, we saw them compete against the Bears. They still lost by a field goal. They competed last week, but that was still good enough to get Frank Reich fired. So it's all about the offense. That's what you want to see. Can you get 400 yards? Remember how everybody just made a big deal. Matt Canada, first game he doesn't call plays for Pittsburgh. It's the first time they get over 400 yards this year. (laughs) Can there be something like that for Carolina where you have 400 yards? And they've had a lot of offensive line issues as well. Well, and they're better at running the ball this year. It's just Kenny Pickett has been not good. And I thought Kenny was going to improve, but he's been really bad. And part of that because 
He's not seeing the middle of the field. Many Kimes and Dominique Foxworth talked a lot about this. Featuring Lenny, by the way. If Kenny I don't know Pick if you know. is what you can call him. Yeah, Kenny Pickett is, is what it is. And so Kenny Pickett, working the middle of the field, he did so a lot better with his tight end, right, in Pat Fryermuth. They ran the ball effective enough. Najee Harris got going as well. Can there be something like that with Carolina where Chuba, who has not over, has not recorded over 100 yards this year, I, this isn't the greatest matchup for that, but can you get Chuba going with a good yards per carry average, maybe Miles Sanders? Can you try to attack the middle of the field? Levante David missed this last game. Maybe Levante misses this game. That's a really good linebacker. That isn't going to be out there on the field potentially. So now can you talk about Tommy Tremble? I mean, anybody at the, from the tight end spot? Or here you are talking about Mingo, Wes. Maybe you have Mingo on just a bunch of drag routes, just constantly in the middle, you know, just going over the middle, some kind of whatever, like 10 yards, five yards, whatever, right? Just try to get him in space. And you got to try to get him some some 50-50 balls at some point. I mean, what did they show during the NFL draft when he was picked? The majority of those highlights was him going up on defensive backs and coming down with the football. At some point, you've got to be able to try that. I know you don't necessarily have the requisite time all the time to be able to do that, but at least once or twice a game, good Lord, they haven't tried him in that scenario all season long. Well, here I am talking about the uh, tight end position, and Hurricane Hugo just rode in as I'm trying to check it. Hayden Hurst just ruled out for Sunday. You know, So concussion, apparently, for Hayden <laughs> Hurst. And so Hurst isn't going to be the guy. We'll see if it's Trimble. Let's move on. When is the next one? Is this when we see a pass catcher outside of Thielen show up? That was next. I'll let you continue because I know you're talking about Mingo. Is that the guy maybe that you could see here? I hope it is. But at this point, man, I just don't have a lot of faith uh, in this offense. And we've seen all season long pretty much that Adam Thielen is the only guy that can win on a consistent basis. He's number four in total route wins, according to playerprofiler.com, uh, in the entire NFL. But the Panthers just don't seem to have anybody else that's winning. We talked about how DJ Chark uh, maybe be, may be being misused um, according to what they brought him in to do. But they just, again, don't have the time to be able to try to stretch the field with him either. So that's going to be something that I that I can't wait to see. Because to your point, Walker, you talk about running the football, hopefully – they can run it decent enough to where they can sucker the bucks a couple times and be able to do some play action and take some shots. Well, and, and the good news is if Kalijah Canty's in the game, he's not been good against the run this year. He's been a good pass rusher, but he's not been good against the run, which not crazy to see with a yeah, smaller what frame. I missed on that one. Well, no, he's than, been... no, but I said he was better than Jalen Carter. Ooh. Oh, yeah. No, that's bad. <laughs> that's okay, though. That's okay. That's why you work in radio, Wes. Well, at least here, right? At least at least in the early going. But even as a pass rusher, Kansi's been good. Um, but Vita Vea, he's, he's an absolute monster to try to run around. By the way, <laughs> like every time I bring up, oh, Hayden Hurst. Okay, well, he's out. Now people are telling me, wait, Tommy Tremble is doubtful, too. So well, I, I don't even want to say the next tight end's name. It's, you know. It, it rhymes with Mullivan. That's what it rhymes with. If I say his name, he gets hurt. I don't want that kind of power. I don't want the Matt curse turned to male curse. So maybe Mr. Mullivan, maybe that's the guy that can go out there and catch a few more passes. He's been their best playmaking tight end all year long anyway. When he's been healthy, he's been the one that you've seen impressive throws from. For Bryce Young downfield, having a handful of catches here and there. So maybe he can produce for this team. Let's go to the where. Where are the Bucks most susceptible? 
Where do you think there is a weakness with this team? They've been pretty stout against the run, as we've mentioned, quite a bit. They allowed, I think, 150 yards last week to the Indianapolis Colts, but they also have a pretty good offensive line. They've been performing a lot better than they did with Frank Reich the week prior. I do think that this is a team that Baker Mayfield's actually playing okay. (laughs) It's been okay all year long, certainly better than what he was in Carolina. They have a couple wide receivers that they're rolling with that are playing better. I just wonder, as I continue to talk about the middle of the field, Wes, Mm -hmm. with Levante David being out, I think that's what I'm looking to attack because that's what good offenses attack anyway. That's what you're always looking to exploit every time you go out there on the field. But with Levante out, Devin White has struggled in coverage in years past, despite him being athletic as hell. You know, Devin White's always been one of these guys that isn't great in that regard. I I need to check his grade, too, here. But maybe that's when you can work the the Mingo in the middle or just even Thielen. Like Maybe Thielen can just you stop at the line to gain constantly. Maybe you can get him some momentum and then he can pick up yards after the catch. That's what I'm looking at to see. Maybe that's where the Panthers can really attack. Well, I mean, yeah, because ideally you'd like to be able to attack them through the air with the 31st rated um, passing defense in all of the NFL. They're ninth against the run, but I always hate breaking those two apart because it's always a little skewed to me. I mean, if I know I can throw all over a team, then why the hell would I bother to try to run it like that. And so for the Panthers, you'd hope you can exploit that pass defense, but it's difficult because up front you're not playing great. So to me, that's the place that's more susceptible because the stats tell me so. Hopefully we can get back on track, man. I think we need we need something good here in Carolina Panther land. Hopefully we can talk about that on a Monday. We have plenty more Carolina Panthers conversation to get to, not before the first Fitty Flash of the day. What you got for us, Fitty? Well, the text line took most of my flash, which was the injury report for Sunday. Of course, as you know by now, no Tommy Trimble, no Hayden Hurst. Also, no Von Bell in the secondary pointing towards uh, rookie Alex Cook uh, to get his start. DJ Johnson is questionable along with Troy Hill, uh, who was uh, who's added to the report today. So the Panthers, 1-10, fired their head coach. Going on the road, not at their healthiest for an in-division clash with the former quarterback here, Baker Mayfield. Jason Horn, uh, J.C. Horn, excuse me, uh, also, you know, questionable there. And this is his week, I believe, to get activated. I mean, good Lord, is he ever going to play? So, I hope so. Yeah, J.C. Horn questionable. Mike Evans, that'd be a big-time matchup between those two, assuming that he'd be healthy, but he's not even healthy to just get an outright probable or even he's good to go. Yeah, some injuries that the Carolina Panthers are trying to battle back from. Shroppy proppies, shrops props. It's coming up next. Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. free to text in on the Carolina Men's Clinic text line 704-570-9610. Salesman just going through it. I think a lot of us are. He said, my damn Panthers are a soft team with two Fs. Just soft. Just mm. trash. You stink. It escalated. I guess that's because of the injuries with the tight ends. Hayden Hurst out. 
Tommy Tremble, doubtful. It's tough times, man. We all been there, you know, as a fan, but that's what makes the great days mm-hmm. all the more sweet. I accidentally called J.C. Horn, Jason Horn, and Hurricane uh, Hugo said, can Jason Horn play, though? Um, what's the saying? Uh, oh, my C. God, Horn it's Jason nice. Horn. <laughs> Instead of Jason Bourne, I would love to see Jason Horn. J.C. Horn, even. I would love to see anybody go out there and play corner and just be healthy at that position. Okay, let's go now to Shroppies Proppies, a segment that we debuted just a few weeks back. I believe I'm up three to two right now, Shroppy. Correct. Fitty. He filled in for Wes in the last time we did this. We did not do it for street turkeys. We tied when Fiddy filled in for you. Okay. So that's how it's still 3-2. So we'll see who can take the lead here. Go ahead, hit the music bed, so Wouldn't Fiddy. it be 2-2-1-1? Two, two, one, one? I just go by what Shroppy says. All right. It's 3-2. All right. Do we want to? Okay. Time now for the music. <laughs> <laughs> Let's continue the smooth transition to Aaron Shropshire. What's the first prop? Well, that was off. That was a beautiful transition there. But first off, we're starting with Bryce Young, like normal. 32 and a half passing attempts. So if you look at what Bryce Young has been doing here so far, how many attempts has he been going with? 31, 29, 38, 39. That means two of the last four, he's actually gone over. If you go game script which usually I was going over at the beginning of Shroppy's Proppies. I like that better than Shrop's Props. That's what I like. <laughs> at the beginning of Shroppy's Proppies, I was going with the over because of game script constantly. I'm going to go with the over again. He's right there every single time. And when in doubt, just act like the Panthers are going to be down and needing to throw. So when in doubt, I'm going to take the over 32 and a half pass attempts for Bryce. What you got, what? Um, I'm going to go under. All right. I feel like I've watched enough Panthers football. I don't even need to look at stats like that. I can kind of. You just get the feel for it. Yeah, just get. But you're. We'll da- see if it works. But you're down. Though. I am down. I'm okay. just saying, Chuba. I'm just saying. May if you look at stats. <laughs> just saying. This is uh, what what it's what it's like here at the top of the mountain. What's the next <laughs> prop here, Shroppy? Nice. Next one we have is Chuba Hubbard, 45 and a half rushing yards. What you got, Wes? You want to go first? Under. Under. Is that the strat, just under on everything from now on? No, not under on everything, but I just think that Chuba, I mean, 45 and a half, that's a decent total for him. The Bucks have a pretty strong run defense, and I think they're definitely going to pile up on the run, so I don't know that he gets the 45. So Chuba had 45 yards against Tennessee on 14 attempts. The attempts are what's interesting because it's all about how many is Miles going to steal. And Tampa has done a pretty good job against the run. But as I mentioned, they allowed 150 the last time out. Panthers offensive line, not very good. If I'm going with the over on attempts, I still think there's enough room for Chuba to be able to get over on the rushing yards aspect. It's tough. This one's dicey. For some reason, I just feel like they're going to try to make things as simple as possible. Chris Tabor seems like a run-the-damn-ball type of coach, too. I talked myself into it. Give me the over once more. Chuba, 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 chanting everywhere. What? (laughs) Eddie Pinheiro, the next prop here, special teams, Shroppy. You got to love the special teams props. Yes, we're going Eddie P, five and a half, kicking points. I'm going to go under on this one. Field goal, two extra points, still doesn't get it done. Going with the under on Eddie P. I go over. I think maybe he got a shot to get a couple of field goals in this matchup. I feel you. I go over. Okay. All right, moving on. We have the rookie, Jonathan Mingo, 29 and a half reception yards. 
What you got, Wes? I'll go over on that. I think he'll get a, catch him a couple of balls and go over 29 and a half. Good Lord. Well, I mean, I, yes. I, mean, I know he's had a lot okay, of games under that. I was, like, I was about but, to say, I know you don't look at the stats, but 6, 20, and 5, three of the last totals that he's had of the last four yeah. games. So <clears throat> it's not been great. He did have 60 against Tennessee. He's had a couple 60-yard performances, one against Houston as well, but lots, lots of games under that 30-yard total. Despite that, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going right. to go with Mingo. I've, I've gone over on Mingo, I think, quite a bit. Because he's still targeted as much as anybody not named Adam Thielen. And so I think I think with that logic, he'd still hit the over. But it hasn't happened a lot. Yet I still keep running into the brick wall despite not learning my lesson. Going with the over on Mingo. All right. All right. So that was the first one you guys agreed on. And then for the last one here, we're going to jump to the other team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're running back Rashad White. 16 and a half rushing attempts. Yeah, he's involved in the passing game a little bit here, too. He has 43 receptions, and so maybe they look to get him involved that way as well. He had 20 carries against Houston and Tennessee, 15 against the Colts. I think he has more than 16 and a half rushing attempts. This has been the biggest weakness for Carolina, despite Derrick Brown really coming on strong here lately. They still allow a decent amount of yardage on the ground. I think White's going to hit the over on the attempts. Uh, I'll go. Oh, this is tough because Tampa's 24th in the league in rush attempts per per game, but I know he's their lead back. Give me over two. All right, all right. I think he'll get the bulk of those carries, even if they ran it for their average. I think the bulk of the carries will go to him. Well, I think also though, if they take the lead. I mean, they're just going to be giving him the ball to kill some time. So, And that's what you think about with the lead. Yeah. If, what, what's the game script going to be like? And how different is this Carolina Panthers team going to look, even if they continue to score 15 points or less? Is it going to be a different way getting there? That's what I'm interested in, and that's what we'll see who wins uh, with some of these. Uh, we, that was quite different. Like, usually yeah. we're pretty similar, but that was quite different, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, you guys uh, had different selections on three of them, and you both went the over on the last two. So, All right, that'll, we'll be, see. that'll be a fun addition to Shroppy Proppy. Thank you to Mr. Aaron Shropshire. Thank you, sir. For hopping on to end out the first hour. Go to your quarters now. You are no longer needed. Shroppy, you <laughs> amuse me. Be gone, peasants. <laughs> It's the 1 o'clock hour up next. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.